It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. The Thunder lose their first game in the bubble to the Denver Nuggets, and we will recap that game all throughout this episode, as well as what the key takeaways were from the contest. Let's start with the game overview. What was happening prior to tip-off? What was the big storylines? Of course, for the Nuggets, they didn't have Will Barton, they didn't have Jamal uh, Murray, and they didn't have Gary Harris. That was that was looked at as something the Thunder could benefit from. Uh, it was a short-handed Nuggets team. And for the Thunder, you didn't have Terrence Ferguson, who's, again, dealing with a leg contusion, didn't play much in the first game against Utah, uh, it was saying he was about 70 to 80%, does not play at all today. He was out with that leg contusion. And then also, you're missing Dennis Schroeder, who, of course, has left the bubble now for the birth of his kid. Uh, he leaves early. So uh, in a basketball sense, this is a good thing. You have ample amount of time to get him back inside the bubble, uh, barring everything goes well with his wife and his family, and he still wants to come back, and, and barring that he has a negative COVID test whenever he returns, he shouldn't miss any postseason. If all goes smooth, he should be back, and he should be ready to rock and roll in the postseason. Of course, you wish all of the best for Dennis as of right now. Uh, there's been no Instagram updates to say that he's had the, the kid or not. Uh, so I'll, all we know is that he's gone and has joined his wife as they get ready uh, for their, I believe, second child. Uh, hopefully everything goes well for Dennis. Uh, but given the, the situation, the timeline here that he's left the bubble, he should be back for the postseason, which is a great thing for Oklahoma City. The third big storyline was Billy Donovan. Billy Donovan this afternoon was named the co-coach of the year by the Coaches Association. And for some reason, there was a subsection of Twitter that just decided to end anyone who was celebrating this for Billy Donovan. Uh, Look, we all understand, everyone can read, we understand that this is the Coaches Association Award, this is not the uh, NBA Media Award, uh, but this also is not college. They're not sending these ballots to the sports information director, to fill out on behalf of the coaches. The coaches are not giving it to an intern. This vote, to me, means a lot more than the media. I mean, the media, for all intents and purposes, can just look at um, the win-loss column to determine a good coach. Now, I would have voted for Nick Nurse. I've made that very clear on this podcast. Uh, But still, the fact that Billy Donovan, by any measure, on any accord, was named the coach of the year is, is astonishing and it deserves recognition. And if you choose to sit there and say, well, this isn't the real award, he's not going to win the real one. Shut up. Have some joy in your life for once, please. Everyone understands this was the coaches association award, but at this time last year, half of Oklahoma city, if not more than half of Oklahoma city wanted Billy Donovan fired. They wanted him fired. Fast forward to the present day, he wins co-coach of the year with Milwaukee Bucks head coach 
Mike Budenholzer. And this, again, is a big deal. I mean, of course, it's not the media-voted one. I still think he finishes probably third in that behind Nick Nurse and probably behind Mike. Uh, but still, this is a big deal. Let people celebrate however they want to celebrate. Everyone can read. You're not some basketball savant that just figured this all out before anyone else could. We all know it's the Coaches Association Award, but it's still impressive that Billy Donovan can get voted on by his peers to be Coach of the Year, considering, again, this time last year, most everyone wanted him fired. And then the Thunder opened this game as a five-and-a-half-point favorite against the Denver Nuggets. So that was the game overview heading into the contest. And the Thunder get off to a slow start in the first quarter, but they're missing open shots, which is the encouraging thing. They weren't settling for bad three-pointers. They weren't getting absolutely shut down. They were just missing the quality looks they wanted to take. And so that was encouraging moving forward. Andre Robertson and Hamidou Diallo were the first wings off the bench, and Andre looked very aggressive in this game. Now, he got matched up with Michael Porter Jr., who we'll talk about later on, and I wanted to see Andre against a wing, and he, and he got that opportunity against Michael Porter Jr. He did not look like his old self. Uh, a few times, Michael Porter Jr. Would, would get him to bite on a move, and Andre, in the past, could make up for that. He could regroup, and he could uh, close out on that kind of thing. If he gets beat uh, by a, a pump fake or anything like that, he was able to, to close that gap. He couldn't do that yesterday against the Nuggets. So it is safe to say he's not to the 100% himself, that elite defender he once was, uh, as I kind of thought he wouldn't be. But he's still serviceable out there on wings. He's very, very good down low. He's still smart, which you can't take away. He, he makes the right rotation. He plays the passing lane correctly. But again, whenever he tries to jump the passing lane, if he doesn't get it right, he's going to give up a bucket. And before, you know, before the injury, uh, you used to not be able to say that about Andre because he could still mistime the passing lane, but regroup and recover and get the block or get the stop or even alter a shot and close out on the shooter. He can't do that anymore. So he's got to take that aggressiveness and really pick his spots with it. He did a good job of that against the Nuggets. Uh, and the defense is really what kept the Thunder in this game in the first quarter. The offense was stagnant. They could not really find anything. And, and we got our first look at what life without Dennis Schroeder looks like. If the, if the offense were to sputter out of the gate, you would still at least have that, uh, that backup point guard in Dennis who can come in and, and help provide a spark offensively. And they needed to find that from somebody else. And late in the, four, and late in the first quarter, they did that. Mike Muscala comes in. He immediately nails a three. He grabs a huge huge rebound. He stands in defensively and takes the charge, but sadly on that charge from P.J. Dozier, he hits his head on the hardwood and gets a concussion or what they're calling concussion-like symptoms. It's unclear if he's going to head to the concussion protocol or not. If he does head to the protocol, it would be less than 1% chance that he's active for Wednesday. If he can avoid the protocol, there's a small chance that he'll be active on Wednesday against the Lakers, but you look at this game from Mike Muscala, and he started to have that spark plug energy about him that I've been talking about since these scrimmages. He had a good scrimmage session. Uh, he didn't play against Utah all that much until the very, very end of the game. But he enters in the first quarter because of the absence of Schroeder, because of the absence of Terrence Ferguson. And you saw him really start to create a spark for Oklahoma City until the concussion. And then you get Abdul Nader in there. And Abdul Nader did the exact same thing with his first quarter minutes. He provided a spark for Oklahoma City in this game that really helped the offense stay in it. And, and that's not something I think that anyone would, would predict about these two guys. I, I don't think anyone would predict that Muscala and Nader would be the reason you stayed in a game against the Denver Nuggets. 
And this team got open looks. Nothing was falling for them. But at the end of the first quarter, they were still up 23-22 because of that defense. They created four Denver turnovers and less than 40% from the field and 14% from beyond the arc for Denver. And the Thunder just could not answer by hitting open shots. So they were just chaotic defensively and, and causing havoc on Denver. They couldn't cash in on the other end, though. So the first quarter despite the score, was very encouraging because you figured the shots would eventually have to fall. And in the start of the second quarter, Chris Paul gets going with some beautiful mid-range shots over Bull Bull, uh, which it's still impressive to me that 6'1 Chris Paul is able to hit fadeaways over guys like Bull Bull, who are like 7'5", and just it's impressive that he can get any, mid- any mid-range shot he wants to, uh, Chris Paul can. And they stuck with that Andre look on Michael Porter Jr., and it was just eh. And it was Michael Porter Jr.'s day that today. We'll talk about him a lot. But Andre typically could handle a guy like Michael Porter Jr., even over Michael Porter Jr. would be playing out of his mind. And this is what gives me pause about moving forward with Andre. Now, he's proven in these scrimmages, in what tiny bit of uh, of time he's gotten in the eight seeding game so far, he's proven that he can play. He's proven he can be on the floor. He's proven that he can play and defend power forwards. But when you look at guys like Michael Porter Jr. who play on that perimeter, I don't know if Andre can stay up and stay with them uh, given how, given his current state, given the fact that he's still rehabbing a little bit, he's still trying to get in game shape. He has not played basketball uh, in over two years until the bubble in Orlando. Uh, so I, I do wonder still if he can keep up with wings. And maybe by the end of these eight seeding games he can, but I would put caution and pause if you're someone, uh, and believe it or not, there are people like this who think that, Andre can be someone who stops LeBron or who stops Kawhi or who stops Paul George. Now, maybe he can do that uh, for two minutes at the end of the fourth quarter. Maybe he can do that for one possession at the end of the fourth quarter. But from uh, tip-off to the final buzzer, you're not going to see very many possessions of Andre playing great defense on the perimeter. Now, inside, though, he has proven that he can uh, play bigger than he is and, and contain some power forwards in this league, which is very impressive to watch him do so far. Uh, but again, Michael Porter Jr., I don't want to say he got anything he wanted off of Andre, uh, but Andre certainly did not have the same effect on him that Andre normally does playing defense. Uh, and then in the second quarter, also, Darius Baisley uh, got woken up. A beautiful drive to split the defense with a Euro step and then a step back three followed quickly right after that. And Baisley had a really good night. It was encouraging to watch Baisley play. And I think that inside this bubble here, Baisley has shown that he can be more than a throw-in guy. Because when we talk about this core, when we talk about the Thunder moving forward, we talk about Shea and we talk about the 15 first-round picks. That's what we talk about. But maybe the conversation needs to extend to a Darius Baisley, needs to extend to a Lou Dort. Now, these guys on the stat sheet uh, didn't exactly light it up, but when you watch them and their impact on the game with the eye test, uh, they were fantastic in this game. They really were, Um, especially Lou Dort. Uh, But Baisley got going a little bit in the second quarter, uh, couldn't quite put together a full game, but that's where the depth of this team has become an asset. I remember when the conversation around Oklahoma City was that they had no depth. And today, uh, they kind of dispelled that narrative a little bit, uh, given what goes on here throughout the second half 
uh, coming up. And Billy Donovan this season, he, he wins coach of the year, co-coach of the year from the Coach Association. Uh, but he's been money on out-of-time plays. And, and that's something that's a, a true asset to coaches. How do you manage your team out of a timeout? Because if you call a timeout, you need to score. Donovan does that almost better than anyone this season. And going back to Andre Robertson, he, he attacked the rim well in this game. He needs to finish more around that rim, but it was encouraging to see him attack the paint, uh, especially going up against a Jokic and going up against uh, some of the bigs that, that Denver can throw at you. He, he looked good attacking. Again, just needs to finish. The offense missed that spark of Dennis Schroeder. We talked about it a little bit. They just could not get going, and this is a perfect time uh, for Dennis to enter a game. Whenever the offense is stagnant, uh, nothing's working with Chris Paul, really. Nothing's working with Shea at this point. They're like five points uh, and, and couldn't really start, get, couldn't really get in gear because of the foul trouble he found himself in. And this would have been a perfect spot for Dennis Schroeder. Uh, but of course, you did not have him. There was way too many turnovers in this game. We, we can talk about the fouls all you want to, and the fouls have been atrocious, and we'll get to that. Uh, but there were way too many turnovers in that first half that led to uh, the stagnation on offense. They had 15 turnovers this game. A lot of those came in that first half, and it really it really hurt any momentum they could have had offensively, which is something that has to get cleaned up moving forward. They made a good improvement on that from Utah to this game. They need to make an even bigger improvement from this game to Los Angeles coming up. At the half, the Thunder led 51-50. They had eight turnovers, but they were still shooting okay from deep, 38% and 41% from the field. Uh, the free throw line was really good to them, 85% from the line. Uh, Gallo made a, a ton of big threes, but Shea just could not settle in at halftime. Uh, a lot of that was due to the foul trouble, and also he was just having a hard time embracing that point guard role without Dennis. And we saw him have a, have a slow start against Utah a little bit whenever he was asked to be that point guard before settling in uh, and performing very well, and he did the same thing in this one. But at halftime, Michael Porter Jr. already had 25 points on 77% from the field and 50% from deep. Michael Porter Jr. took over this contest. And after the break, we're going to talk all about the second half. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at CBDMD. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or if you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends over at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or a shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recovery combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds such as arsena and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try our amazing duo and everything else that CBDMD has to offer, they're offering our listeners 25% off your next order when you use promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code NBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD.com, promo code NBA, 25% off. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In that third quarter, uh, the first two possessions were spent 
feeding right into Steven Adams to try to jumpstart that paint scoring that really the Thunder could not get going throughout this entire game. And it didn't really change after this, but Steven Adams did make a couple of good moves at the basket, including a running shot and then drawing a foul down low. But they just struggled to score inside the paint on Denver. And Denver has that length and that ability to kind of uh, combat what Oklahoma City is trying to do. Now, I've been saying that if they have Dennis, I think that they should beat any first-round matchup. Uh, I think Denver's your hardest possible opponent because right now, with the way the Mavericks are playing, the Clippers are basically done. The, the Thunder, there's almost no way they're going to match up with the Clippers. So now your most realistic matchups are going to be the Nuggets. It's going to be the Nuggets, Houston, and Utah. I like the Thunder in each of those matchups, but of course, if you had to rank the three, I would put the Nuggets at three in terms of the most likely to beat. Uh, they're going to be the hardest challenge you're going to face in the postseason. Now, with Dennis back and with your shots falling like, like they did not tonight, uh, they're still, in a seven-game series, I think a better team than Denver. I think that they've proven to be a better team than Denver. Just just looking since Thanksgiving and looking at all the advanced stats and things like that, uh, with Dennis is a different team. And again, in this, in this game, the, the paint scoring struggled. It, it really did. Uh, but... For the most part, they got all the other shots they wanted. Oklahoma City did. Uh, they just could not. They just could not put them in the basket. I mean, that, that was all there was to it. And when you can't do that, you're not going to win basketball games. Uh, but Lou Dort in the second half got the matchup with Michael Porter Jr. Uh, and it really goes to show you just how much trust Billy Donovan has in Lou Dort and this Thunder team has in Lou Dort uh, because multiple times. Uh, they asked Lou Dort to fight through screens, and you could hear them talking uh, and saying, "Hey, Lou Dort, do not switch on this play. Don't don't switch. Just just you know change with them uh, and, and follow around Michael Porter Jr. Fight through screens to get to him." And he did a pretty good job. Now Michael Porter Jr. is so much taller and has so much size on Lou Dort that it was hard for him, even as one of the best uh, shot disruptors in the NBA according to Basketball Index. Uh, it was still hard for him to get involved with Michael Porter Jr., but he showed that he can be an elite defender. He showed that he can be an all-defense type guy, and I wonder how long it will take for the national media to get to that point. I really do. I, I wonder how long it will take for the national media to realize just how good Lou Dort is because he's an undrafted guy, projected to go in the first round in his draft, but still went undrafted. I think that you're starting to see it already because you did have the no dunks guys on the athletic uh, talk about how he could have that all defense potential. And he had a monster block in this game. He was chasing all around the court. Listen, Lou Dort is in the 97th percentile of miles traveled on defense. He grades out as an A defender on three point con uh, contests with 90 in the 94th percentile. And he's 87% on loose ball recovery rates. He does everything that you want a defender to do. He plays with a, a chip on his shoulder and an attitude and intensity that is beloved in Oklahoma City. It's what helped get Nick Collison's number retired was just by simply fighting for loose balls and closing out and doing all the dirty hustle work. And if he can continue to improve on that three-point shot, he turns into a heck of a player that you got after the draft. And, and, and it, it's just been impressive to watch Lou Dort continue to grow. And you saw that growth in the third quarter and, and in the rest of this game. He showed why he's one of the best defenders already in this league, especially for a rookie. Uh, and, and you move forward, and in that third quarter, Shea not only still couldn't get going offensively, but he gets his fifth foul in the middle of the third quarter, which really benched him until like the 10-minute mark in the fourth quarter. And to that point, he just looked 
shut down. He he just looked out of it. He looked like this was not going to be the game for him. But still, Nerlens Noel and Lou Dort bring energy and passion to the defensive end. They turn great defense into great offense, and you stay within striking distance after the third quarter, and you go back and forth in the fourth quarter because of Abdul Nader. And Abdul Nader was impressive in this game. Now, he, he didn't do too much um, outside of scoring, which was the biggest thing that this team needed. They didn't need another good defensive performance. They didn't need more rebounds. They needed scores. They needed baskets. And he got you that. Abdul Nader scores you 13 points off the bench in 13 minutes on six shots from the floor and three for four from beyond the arc. And he played decent enough defense. Of course, he's not going to be impressive on that end of the floor, but he did enough defensively. He didn't get blown by every time. So mix that with his efficient his efficiency on the offensive end and Nader played a heck of a game. Uh, and, and we'll talk about this in the three big things, but it real, this game should really make you feel more comfortable with this team's depth. And then that fourth quarter rolls around and Shea gets back in there with five fouls and 10 minutes to go. And he goes absolutely berserk. And I know uh, that in Oklahoma city, we hold Russell Westbrook to this uh, humongous standard. And he's the gold standard for basketball players in Oklahoma Shea showed some rust in this game, and I don't mean uh, the way he was scoring, just the fact that he has five fouls. He hasn't looked the part in this game. He's looked probably as bad as he ever has in Oklahoma City. He gets back in this contest with 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter, and he takes it over. He has that confidence in himself, and he never let it he never let it falter uh, throughout this entire game, even whenever it looked like it was not going to be his contest. He scores you 24 points. He goes three for six from beyond the arc. He gets five rebounds and two assists. Shea was awesome in this game down the stretch. And it just reminded me so much of Russell Westbrook because of the fact that he didn't have a good game for 90% of this contest. But in that final stretch, he just goes absolutely berserk. And, and, and the fact that he never let his confidence in himself and his ability wane throughout that process as a second-year player was so impressive to me. And he just continues to to grow his game and continues to impress people around Oklahoma City. He's going to be fun to watch for years and years and years and years. Uh, now, Chris Paul misses some clutch free throws in the fourth quarter. Uh, it can really go either way with this. Uh, the, re- the officiating was not good at all. But Andre Robertson gets a huge defensive stop in the fourth quarter on the final possession on Troy Daniels, of all people. I don't know why the Nuggets drew an out-of-timeout play for Troy Daniels, but Andre stays with him and contests a shot. Now, uh, the shot easily could have gone in, but that does not make the defense any worse. Andre alters the shot and forces Troy that, to kind of shoot an off-kiltered shot. That was beautiful defense, and that's something you can look at with Andre and say maybe maybe that's his role now. Maybe his role is on a possession that you know, okay, there's there's two seconds left in this game. I think there's three seconds. There's three seconds left in this game. It's a tie game. We have to get a stop here. Let's go to Andre and hope for the best, and the best happen, and you force overtime. Now, in overtime, you had more turnovers. Your offense struggled. I mean, the offense got nothing going in overtime, period, and that was it. That was all she wrote. Chris Paul ran out of gas at the end. I can't blame him for that. He played 38 minutes in this game. Uh, the biggest lead for the Nuggets was 10. The biggest lead for the Thunder was 7. Uh, they had 22 lead changes in this game. The longest run was 9 points. They had 13 ties. Uh, this game was as close as you can get it. And both sides were missing key players. So the zone defense did, did hurt Oklahoma City 
in this contest in overtime. And that's something you might want to look at is if teams in a slow-paced playoff series go to a zone defense, can the Thunder beat it? Because they couldn't beat it against Denver today. But still, this game is still encouraging to me. And we'll get to the three big things of the night right now. Number one for me is the rotation just was not there for Oklahoma City. They were losing too much. And I think that that should make you feel more confident about this team's depth because you didn't have Dennis, who left the bubble for the baby. You didn't have Terrence Ferguson, who has a leg issue. And, and he's not in the playoff rotation if there's Dennis there. But as you saw with getting minutes to, to, to Muscala, as you saw with getting minutes to Nader, Without Dennis, this whole rotation changes, and you would see, you would have seen Ferguson play more. Uh, so you didn't have Ferguson, you didn't have Dennis, you didn't have Muscala after a couple of minutes because of the concussion, and then Shea gets in foul trouble early in this contest and and cannot play as much as you as you would have liked from him. And they still could have beat Denver. They still could have beat one of the best teams in the West. I feel more confident in their depth because with with this team fully healthy, with Dennis back, you're telling me that. Every game in a postseason series, you can't have at least one big game from somebody, from a Muscala, from a Darius Baisley, from a Terrence Ferguson, from a Abdul Nader. You can't find one good game from all of this depth you have. You can't find one hot hand per game. I really think that you can. I, I really think that Thunder fans should leave this game feeling encouraged about the playoff rotation and encouraged about the depth and the amount of spark plugs on this team. And number two is Lou Dort. And again, if you just go check the box score, it's not going to blow you away at all. The box score is not going to be something that, that jumps out at you if you didn't catch this, this basketball game because you see that Lou Dort scores 10 points on 23% shooting from the field, 16% from beyond the arc. But again, of those six three-pointers, almost every single one of them was wide open. They just didn't quite fall. He gets two steals. He gets a block. He plays incredible defense. Only two rebounds, though. He plays incredible defense. He shows that he's one of the best shot disruptors in the NBA. He was awesome in this game. In 36 minutes, he was awesome and provided a spark for you and provided the defense needed to keep you in this game. Without Lou Dort, Without Noel, and Noel's 17 minutes with three blocks, without those two guys, this game gets out of hand late in that third quarter, and there is no overtime period. There is no chance for the Thunder to win this game. Those two guys really kept you in this ball game, and if you had any reservations, which I don't think many people did uh, coming into this game, but if you had any reservations about if Lou Dort is for real, they should end now. Lou Dort is is for real. He's going to be a, a key contributor moving forward for Oklahoma City, and they got him on a steal of a contract. I still can't believe every time I watch him play, I can't believe he signed that contract that he did. The third thing tonight was Andre Robertson still being able to get that key stop. And really, he got multiple key stops in this game. You look at the stop that he had against, I believe it was Paul Millsap down low. He goes straight up, he goes vertical, and he gets forearmed into the back. Uh, no, uh, Paul Missup was the one that forearmed him into the back, uh, and he gets hit in the face uh, by the shooter. He goes straight up, alters the shot, makes a miss, but they call a foul on him to send the guy to the free throw line. Uh, he got two big stops in this game, uh, Andre Robertson did. Uh, and if that's all he can provide for you, if he can only be a consistent uh, defensive substitution late in games, that's still a big boost off your defense, I mean, off your bench. I really like what Andre did in this game. Again, playing the entire time on, on Michael Porter Jr., playing the entire game on wings probably is not going to work for him anymore, uh, at least not this season. Uh, but 
if he can play some some strong defense on power forwards for the first three quarters, and then with two minutes to go in the fourth quarter, then transition onto a perimeter player, uh, he's added a huge boost to your team. So I like what I saw from Andre overall in this game. Uh, he just had a rough start with Michael Porter Jr., but it was Michael Porter Jr.'s night. I mean, he was awesome in this contest. We'll wrap up this game with the MVP of the night, the Andrew Wiggins Award, the bet of the game, and the Moneyball outcome. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at my bookie. Say it with me. Sports are back. I've been waiting for this day since March, and now that it's finally here, I've only got one thing on my mind, my bookie. MyBookie is a home run, slam dunk, triple overtime, game-winning shot, all wrapped into one. I love it, you love it, and that should be all you need to hear in order to start betting today. MyBookie is up-to-the-minute odds on all of your favorite teams with the start of Major League Baseball right around the corner. There's never been a better time to start playing than right now. With MyBookie, it's easy. You bet, you win, they pay. Feeling good about your team's chances this year? Be sure to check out MyBookie's World Series future bets. Nothing shows you believe in your squad like betting on them before the season has even begun. But why stop at baseball? Smart bettors are always looking towards the future. And in this case, that means basketball, hockey, and football. MyBookie is already accepting bets on all your favorite in NBA, NHL, and NFL games. That has never been a better time to start exploring the world of online sport betting than right now. Join today and MyBookie will match your deposit 100%, plus they'll toss in a free $10 MLB future wager. All you got to do is enter the promo code LOCKEDONNBA when signing up. Remember, at MyBookie, the terms are simple. You bet, you win, they pay. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So now it's time to name the MVP of this game. right now you're the real mvp the mvp of this game has to be for me abdul nader i know that his stat line doesn't exactly stand out 13 points three for four from deep he played some decent defense on this game but listen the stat line here doesn't tell the full story of what his performance means of course he provided you 13 points on three for four shooting from deep in spots where you desperately needed scoring. Some of these shots were difficult shots to get off that when they went up, I know all of you were screaming, no, 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 until the shot sank the bottom of the net. Let me tell you this from from Abdul Nader. The fact that he was able to step up in this game means a lot to me because as we mentioned, you had no Dennis, you had no Ferguson. You went first to Hamadou Diallo and Andre, they didn't quite get it done offensively. You then go to Mike Muscala, who looks to be providing you a spark until his concussion, and then you finally go to Abdul Nader, and Nader answers the call after Baisley couldn't, after Diallo couldn't. He answers the call offensively, gets you 13 points, including some wildly contested buckets that you did not expect to go in. I know you were sitting on your couch saying there's no way this goes in for Abdul Nader. Abdul Nader was incredibly impressive in this game, and he's the MVP for me. 
The Andrew Wiggins of this game. Now, the Andrew Wiggins award is going to be given to the opposing player who just absolutely dominated the Oklahoma City Thunder for no real reason. Again, Andrew Wiggins, by all intents and purposes, has been has been considered a bust around the NBA. Uh, coming out of Kansas, he was supposed to be Maple Jordan, uh, the Canadian Michael Jordan. Didn't pan out that way. But against Oklahoma City, he always flashed that potential. So thus sparking the Andrew Wiggins Award, and today it goes to Michael Porter Jr. Michael Porter Jr. gets 37 points on 4-for-6 shooting from deep, 12 rebounds, a steal, a block, an assist. He was a career high in points. He was awesome in this game. He would not miss. He would always get the Nuggets clutch buckets down the stretch. Ran out of gas a little bit in overtime. That's to be expected, but for the regulation, one through four quarters, he was awesome for Denver. And to me, this can spark a bigger conversation, and we can continue to have this tomorrow uh, before we preview the Lakers game. Uh, But Michael Porter Jr. kind of proves that the Thunder don't actually need to tank with these picks. Sure, uh, that seems like the most logical move to to get a a top first-round pick and kind of have your pick of the litter the best you can in a situation like the NBA where it's a lottery-based system and not really based on uh, how good or bad your record is. But Michael Porter Jr., before his injuries, was supposed to be a top-five lottery pick and was supposed to be the best player in college. He gets hurt, he falls down the draft boards, and he ends up in the range of Denver. And Denver scoops him up. Lou Dort for Oklahoma City was considered a first-round pick for most of his college season. The draft rolls around, he doesn't get picked at all, and you sign him after the draft. If you do your homework, you can really cash in on these late first-round picks, including this year. The Thunder lose this game. It pushes them down the standings, uh, and you're kind of looking around now at Philadelphia, if they can get going, Indiana, if they can get going, Houston, if they can stay hot inside the bubble, and you're looking at getting your pick back that's owed to Philadelphia. Even in this draft that's considered a weak draft class, we'll dispel that no more coming up after the season's over as we preview the draft on this podcast. But this draft has talented NBA players in a quote-unquote weak draft. It has talented players at both picks the Thunder might have coming up. So it's going to be fun to talk about this draft. But Michael Porter Jr. goes off. A guy that averaged like seven points this season just destroys the Thunder inside the bubble for 37 points. So credit to Michael Porter Jr. for having such success in this game. The bet of the day, I took Thunder minus five and a half at the pre at the uh, preview show. We didn't have a spread yet, but I said on Twitter it's going to be I was going to be taking the Thunder minus five and a half. That of course fails as the Thunder lose this game. We are one and one in our bets on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, you can go on over to my bookie if you want to take my betting advice and use promo code Locked On NBA whenever you're getting set up over there. The Moneyball pick was Delano Gallinari. And of course, Delano Gallinari was able to cash in for us and have the most three-pointers on the Thunder. You can play along with all these games every single time on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. If you don't have Twitter, go ahead and email the show, lothunderpod at gmail.com. And so coming up this week, tomorrow, we're going to preview the Lakers game, and then we're going to recap that game on Thursday. And then on Friday, we'll get you ready for the weekend action for the Oklahoma City Thunder. A busy week. For Oklahoma City, a very, very busy week around the bubble as we get set for the middle portion of these eight seeding games and then into a postseason push. It's been fun to finally cover basketball games for the first time on Locked on Thunder. The interaction on Twitter has been great. All of your messages and mentions and interactions on Twitter have been awesome. So I appreciate that 
a ton. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked on Thunder. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.